The sermon from St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, of a member of the Wells, preached on November 27, 2011, based on selected verses from Genesis 6. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God is from Genesis chapter 6, the first lesson today. Please listen again to a portion of that reading. When men began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and they married any of them they chose. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of this earth men and animals and creatures that move along the ground, and the birds of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. For several decades now, cameras have had an autofocus feature. Whether you zoom in or out, the lens adjusts itself and you get a clear crisp image. No fiddling with range finders, just point and shoot. The devil would love us to believe that we can live our lives on autofocus. For you see, anyone that tries to live their life on autofocus ends up with the wrong focus. That kind of life may have a short-term focus on a near a sighted problem or maybe on a short-term pleasure. Such a kind of life can also have a a long-term focus, working towards some sort of goal, even a worthy goal, the kind of life often recommended in those books that tell you how to have a happy or successful life. But just because it's a focused life doesn't mean it's the right focus. For you see, it's not only people with an out-of-focus life that have the wrong focus. Many who have a very focused way of living still don't have the right focus. Just as a picture can be clearly focused on the object, but the one that you really want to take the picture of is all blurry still. We can't live our lives on autofocus. And so, dear friends, as we watch for Jesus, we want to keep our hearts and minds clearly focused on him. We can't live by autofocus. For you see, each day is a new scene. Each day we need to be adjusting our hearts and minds to stay focused on Jesus. Stay focused, dear friends. Yes, focus your watching. Focus your watching just as Noah did. That's the theme, the sermon theme we want to keep in mind here. And as you think about that theme, may the Holy Spirit focus your hearts through this word of God before us here today. For when we think about it, our times are not much different than the days in which Noah lived. Our times are very similar. That's the first part. And just as Noah who lived in those unfocused times, kept his focus 
on Jesus, on the Lord's promises. So also, that's where we want our faith focused, on Jesus and his promises. Yes, our faith is the same as Noah's. That's the second part here. Focus your watching, dear friends, just as Noah did. Part one, our times are similar. All people have come from Adam and Eve. From those two, the numbers grew more and more. And yet, from the time of Adam and Eve's children on, there have been two distinct groups. Remember how Cain killed his brother Abel, and even after the Lord called him to repent, he refused. Cain and that line of unbelievers grew larger and larger. For you see, the believers who are called the sons of God in the text of here, many of them lost their focus. They looked at the daughters of the unbelievers and saw how beautiful they were and married them. Maybe they were only looking at the outward beauty of appearance. Maybe they were even looking at the inner beauty of personality. But they were not looking at the beauty of faith. And so children that were brought up in those homes did not learn about the Lord and his promise to send the the champion to crush Satan's head. You see how vital whom you marry is? That decision not only affects your life, it also affects the generations to come. So when, especially the young people here, as you look for a spouse, a husband or a wife, focus on the real beauty, the beauty of faith, a shared faith in Christ. Now what about these families in Noah's days? If they weren't focused on the Lord's promise, what were they focused on? Well, Genesis chapter 4 describes what Cain's family line, the unbelievers, were up to. They made agricultural advancements with livestock. They made innovations in music with new instruments. They had technological progress with bronze and iron. You think about it, it wasn't much different than the world that we live in today that is constantly working for advancement and progress and change. Our times are similar. And others from Cain's family line, the unbelievers, became mighty leaders in this world. They knew how to influence people, how to inspire, motivate, control, and drive others to do their will. They were the men of old, or they, they were the, the heroes of old, men of renown, the scriptures say. And again, think about our world, the titans of business, the bright stars in, in athletics and on the movie screen, innovators and scientists, political and social champions, military leaders and revolutionaries. Aren't they often presented in our world? as those who have the focus. And yes, they do know how to focus on their goals to achieve their goals. But it's not the right focus. We too live in a very similar world. How many families dream about the successful life that their children could have, that they want for their children, and and that is their focus before and instead of training their children in the Lord and his promises. 
so easy to become focused on school, athletics, work, in a way that pushes Christ to the side. What about your family? Where is the focus there? How the devil loves us to live on that autofocus that just adjusts to the world around us rather than to what the word of the Lord says. Our times are similar. In Noah's day and before his day, there were preachers of righteousness as well. Like Enoch, the seventh from Adam, Noah's great-grandfather, And so you see, those people who grew up in homes that did not have the Lord's word could still hear that message through the faithful preaching of men like Enoch and later Noah here. And the Holy Spirit was powerfully at work. But the hearers hardened their hearts. They fought the Holy Spirit. And no doubt, their upbringing, what they saw in their homes growing up, reinforced their resistance against the Holy Spirit. They'd rather live their lives on autofocus or focus on what they could accomplish here on this earth. And that's why the Lord says, My spirit will not contend with man forever, for he is mortal. His days will be 120 years. Yes, soon. Soon all would forget the promise that the Lord had made to Adam and Eve. Soon all would go their own ways, and that's why the Lord was going to make a new start with Noah and his family before it was too late. But note the Lord's patience even now. Yes, he wanted to bless all people, but his blessing could only come through the promised Savior, the promise they were rejecting, and yet the Lord is still so patient. He gives them 120 years, 120 years to hear the faithful preaching from Noah, 120 years to turn from their evil ways and to focus on the Lord and his promise. How patient the Lord is. How similar our times are. Just like in Noah's day, the word of God was being proclaimed, so also in our days. Just think of all the different ways God's word sounds out. Even for those who don't have it in their home growing up, they can still hear that message from Christian conversations, from faithful preaching. Think of how that message is in print, on the radio, TV, and the internet. And yet how often isn't it drowned out by all the other things out there, just as it was in Noah's day. And maybe more self-reflective here as well, how often don't we let other things drown it out in our own hearts? Family becomes more important than faith, just as in Noah's day. Pursuing happiness becomes more important than pursuing righteousness, just as in Noah's day. Pursuing progress for ourselves, advancement for our families, our community, or, or human progress in general becomes more important than growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, just as in Noah's day. Our times are similar. And how true it is for us here today as well as what it said here about those in Noah's day that because of the sinful nature handed down from Adam and Eve, that sinful flesh, every inclination of the thoughts of their heart was only evil all the time. That's the way we were born as well. That's the heart that we inherited and that's the way we would still be except that the Holy Spirit gave you a new heart 
through the water of baptism. And that's why we can't live our lives on autofocus because we would revert back to that old heart. We need the Holy Spirit and we need to be listening and watching and waiting so that our focus stays on Jesus. For you see, the Lord is patient just as he was in Noah's day. He does not want any of us to perish, but all to come to repentance. He is patient. But the end is coming. And who knows where we are along that timeline. The end could come today. If not for the world, for you or for me, if death takes us. Yes, he gave the world of Noah's day 120 years, and who knows how many of those we've already used up. The Lord is patient. But don't abuse his patience. Focus your watching, not sometime down the road here, but focus your watching, dear friends, today and every day. For the end is coming. And either your focus will be right or it will not be right. There is no in-between, no good enough. You see, when the end comes, There will be two distinct groups, just as it was from the time of Adam and Eve's children on. In Noah's day, you were either on the ark or you were not. There was no in-between. How drastic the difference when the end comes. So keep your faith focused, dear friends. Keep your faith focused on Jesus, just as Noah's did. For our faith is the same as his. And that brings us to the second part here today. Listen to how Noah is described here. He was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. Noah was righteous, but but how can that be? Just four verses earlier, we heard about how all flesh, all those descended from sinful Adam and Eve, were sinners. And that was Noah too. When he began life, every inclination of his heart was only evil all the time. How could Noah or anyone else be righteous? Because remember what it means to be righteous. It doesn't mean to be pretty good or good enough or to try hard or to make up for the wrongs you've already done. No. Righteous means to meet God's holy standard perfectly. To measure up to his law in everything all the time. To be righteous means to be right in God's sight in all that you say and think and do and feel so that the holy judge who continuously sees every corner of our hearts and minds cannot find anything wrong with you at all. That's what it means to be righteous. So how could Noah or any of us be righteous? Certainly not by or not based on, on what we have said or done, not based on our thoughts or heart. And so also Noah could not be righteous based on his actions or his thoughts. He was righteous through faith in the Lord's promise. He believed that that offspring of the woman, that the Lord had promised back there to Adam and Eve, that the offspring of the woman was coming to crush Satan's head, reconciling sinners like him to God. But how could the divine Savior reconcile sinners to the Holy God unless he takes away our sin and gives us righteousness instead? That was Noah's faith. And our faith is 
the same. Focus on Jesus. He is the offspring of the woman, the virgin born. He is your Savior. Jesus has come. He has come. And he certainly was righteous, wasn't he? He met all of God's holy standards. He measured up and fulfilled the entire law. And he had God's verdict of being right in God's sight. That's what Easter declares for all to see. Easter declares that Jesus is the righteous one. But that's not all that Easter declares, is it? It not only declares that Jesus is the righteous one, it declares that Jesus is your righteousness. That's our faith, just as it was Noah's faith. That Jesus' righteousness counts for you and for me. Your faith, dear Christian, your faith confesses, yes, even a sinner like me stands before God righteous because of Christ's righteousness. For God knows my sin much, much better than even I myself know it. And yet, because of Jesus, he declares me right in his sight. Noah was righteous because his faith was focused on Jesus and his righteousness. And that is our faith as well. We have that same faith. A faith focused on Jesus as we watch, just as Noah did. And now as we we look at Noah's faith, we see that faith which is focused on Jesus, faith that is trusting in Christ's righteousness, also is an active faith. It it shows itself. It it talks about how Noah, uh, Noah was blameless here. Or maybe a better way to put it is he lived a devout life. It says he walked with God and, and that uh, when the Lord commanded him to do something as unusual as build a huge ark for himself and for the animals, we're told Noah did everything just as God commanded him. That's faith in action, faith that is focused on Jesus and his righteousness. And so also, dear friends, with your faith, trusting in Jesus' righteousness. Walk with God, just as Noah did. And when you walk along with someone, what does that mean? That that means we're listening to what they're saying, right? God has promised that he speaks to us through his word and sacraments. Those are the only ways God has promised to speak to us. So to walk with God means to be listening to his word and using his sacraments so that our watching is focused on Jesus and his righteousness. And with our faith rejoicing in Christ's righteousness and listening to God's word as we walk with him, such faith also obeys the Lord just as Noah did. Such faith takes what the Lord commands and puts it into action. Just as servants, faithful servants, are busy about their master's work until he returns, whenever that time may be, so dear Christians, be busy with what the Lord has given you to do. Carry out the responsibilities he gives you as husband or wife, parent or child, 
student or worker, as Christian and citizen. Carry out what the Lord gives you to do. Not because this is the season, this is the time of the year to be nice to others, no. Don't do it because it makes you feel good inside either. Do it with your faith focused on Jesus and his righteousness. Focus your watching, just as Noah did. For we too live in those times where the end could come at any moment. Jesus is coming. We live in those times. And we know that when the end comes, there will be only two groups. The righteous will be saved and all others damned. And so keep your faith focused on Jesus and his righteousness just as Noah did. Focus your watching as you keep your faith trusting in Jesus and his righteousness that counts for you. That's how Noah focused his watching. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.